0: Dig in arms side
1: Welcome one and all to Vision On Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. A little over 60 years ago a television series began that would in many ways come to encapsulate a particular view of 1960s Britain that never really went away. It was so popular in certain countries that this particular image of Britain and the British seems to have stuck in their minds and shaped their perception of us ever since. Because The Avengers, the series Paul Chandler, the Shy Yeti, is joining me to talk about today, went through several incarnations and lapel carnations as it progressed through most of the 1960s from its grey, grimy and gritty origins in 1961 to its colourful, almost pop art Last Hurrah in 1969 and in many ways could be said to almost reflect that transformational decade on screen like almost no other television series of its time. Featuring Patrick McNee as John Steed, a charmingly eloquent and dapper spy who wears a bowler hat sometimes cast in stainless steel and who carries a rolled umbrella which sometimes conceals a sword, who spends his professional career dealing with diabolical masterminds intent upon some fiendish, eccentric and freedom-threatening plot, usually with the assistance of a strong plucky woman who seems far more adept handling the rough stuff than he could ever hope to be. Kathy Gale, Emma Peel and Tara King were those fabulous, groundbreaking and astonishingly independent women and were played by three actors destined to become almost as iconic as the series itself, Anna Blackman, Diana Rigg and Linda Thorson. Although those other grittier incarnations also featured Julie Stevens as Venus Smith, John Rollison as Dr Martin King, and the sublime and ridiculously talented Ian Hendry, who, as Dr David Keel, was there right at the start, might be the person we have to thank for the series even existing at all, but who then chose to leave to pursue other career options, leaving John Steed to step into the breach and become the calm centre around which the series would carry on through such astonishing changes, not only in the lead actors, but from the technical point of view of switching from live studio videotape to black and white and later colour film and a very successful penetration into the American market. In fact, if any show could be said to demonstrate the evolution of British television in the 1960s, I think The Avengers may be the one that shows it off best. So much so that anyone who watched the 1961 version would barely recognise it as the same show if they tuned in again in 1969, with Mother and Rhonda adding to the cast of eccentric regulars to battle each week with the very cream of 1960s acting talent. This other brainchild of Canadian television supremo Sidney Newman might not be your idea of what the Britain of the 1960s was really like, but it certainly is an image that has persisted since it first aired back in 1961, and the series was so internationally successful that it even got a fairly successful two-year reimagining in the mid-1970s, featuring Purdy and Gambit as played by Joanna Lumley and Gareth Hunt. Paul is unashamedly a fan of the final year featuring Tara King, so our conversation does inevitably spend a lot of time covering that era, but we do our best to give you a broader overview on our way there. So why not join us as we set our Faber Radio International TARDIS time engines back to that most swinging of decades and revisit the Avengers. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Today on the show, I happen to know that you're a bit of a fan of a show that a lot of people like and adore and love, and uh, and so I thought we might have a bit of a chat about the 1960s television programme, uh, which ran for pretty much the entirety of the 1960s. Mm. It's almost, in fact, matches up with the 1960s in terms of its dates, which is The Avengers. Yes, yes, which I didn't
0: discover until they were repeating it in the early 80s, but... Uh, okay the f- the funny thing was i don't i don't know when they started repeating it exactly but uh, mm. i just caught one of the last Emma Peel episodes mission highly okay. improbable which had nicholas courtney who i obviously know oh. from doctor who i uh, just i just caught that and i suddenly remembered that i i used to go to jumble sales a lot and buy sort of annuals old annuals from i guess yes. at the time probably from the late 60s or 70s They were sort of the ones that were kicking around at General sales. and I remember Mm. having. I think it was was it TV comic. They must have had an Avengers strip at some point. And um, I I vaguely, uh, suddenly my brain put two and two together, and I thought, "Oh, this Avengers thing I'm watching, which is I I think I really like it." And I think I have a, Mm. they appear in the TV comic, and I rushed upstairs, and and then I sort of started following it. But I have a feeling Mm. that then, I have a feeling that perhaps they were showing the. Uh, like the colour Emma appeal episodes in the mm. evenings, I mean in the later evenings, like eight or mm. nine o'clock, um, and it was a, it was almost the, the point I was at the age where you had to ask to stay up the, the time that they were showing it. Yeah. it. Um, then I feel like they showed the black and white Emma appeals like at six o'clock on John Channel Four. Oh, okay. Uh, it felt like a more s- sort of mm. sociable time. I might be wrong, but um, and then I feel it like... it was
1: definitely yeah. a a show that uh, turned up in the early days of Channel Four when they, yeah. when they were showing quite a lot of what was considered at that time to be old television. Yeah. But but when you think about it now, it's actually about twenty years old. Now, of course, it's about fifty years yeah. old. But yeah. but uh, yeah, there was a lot of that going on. Yeah, and there was a lot of. Re- I mean, I think a lot of people feel the same way. They actually got a an interest in older television, archive television, from what Channel Four were doing at that time because it was actually quite unusual to to show old television mm. on television at the time, wasn't it? But of course Channel Four had all those hours to film. Yeah. So it was obviously sort of off the shelf and ready made.
0: Yeah. And and I don't know that at that point I had any other friends who mm. were that keen on on the, the Avengers or on like old T V even. I didn't mm. I hadn't even met my Doctor Who pals at that at that point. Mm-hmm. I had one or two friends, like I had a friend at primary school who, who liked. Well, he seemed to very be very much into Cybermen um, and, like. and anything any stories with Cybermen he liked. But um, I mean, he still. Uh, likes um, Doctor Who, you, and,
1: and you said, "I see your cyber member. I've got cyber naughts." Yeah, he, <laughs> well, he, you know, he
0: still likes Doctor Who to this day, but not to the level mm. that that perhaps you and I do. But uh, mm. um, a cat, more of a casual fan, um, mm. but uh, but an owner of one or two box sets. So it's difficult. There, there, there are sort of different levels, I think, uh, in fandom of people who just mm. watch things once and, 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 yes. and, and, and or, or or sort of favourable towards the show, but would never think about buying a box set to watch it again. And then and those who end like up us. recording programs about it. Yes. yes exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, the funny thing is, I remember when I was. This is probably about 1984. So this is perhaps mm-hmm. around the time that they were showing it. We in, in English class, we were we had an English teacher who encouraged us to write sort of a long form. I, I you know more than just a, a, a short story. Uh, and yeah. uh, I don't know how long he suggested we write it for, and I'm not sure who, what any of my contemporaries wrote, but I did. Mm. I did one. I did. I did a Doctor Who one, which was basically Trial of a Time Lord four years earlier. Definitely about a okay. trial, but I think it was more inspired by the fact I'd read um, War Games, which is mm. also a trials trial story. But then I also did an Avengers story, which mm. was about Steve and Tara, because Tara was my favourite. Avengers. Code. Right, okay. and um, well, we'll come to that later. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, it was a story about there being a list of people who are going about, about to be assassinated, but at the end ah, of the list okay. was torn off. And as they go, that in a course, I, even then, I, I knew the formula. I could see the formula of, of mm. episodes. Although I think Tara's episode is a little less formulaic than some of the MFP ones, mm. but um, you know, which late, is surprising yeah, with Terry Nation in yeah, charge, really, uh, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> on and, scripting, uh, on
1: script uh, editing.
0: And, and in my story, they they get there just too late and miss the mer- the, the murder would happen, and then towards the end of it, they discovered that the bit of the list that was missing had their names Mm -hmm. on it now as far as i know that isn't me ripping off an actual episode but it's just a very typical sort of idea it is actually isn't it
1: when you think about it, i mean there always seems to i mean even in one of their trails they do for america it says that you know there's always has to be a body but they they, they do seem to turn up kind of regular spots in the narrative i think it's like four act narrative always Mm -hmm. at the end of act one and act two there's a different body yeah almost
0: inevitably yeah uh, unfortunately, you off my little story about the writing, writing my stories at, uh, hmm. at school. At, at school. I, I think I was sick, uh, like at the end of the school year, and yes. um, nobody thought to keep. You know, and I think you were allowed to take your stories home, but nobody thought, oh, he's sick. Maybe he'd like to pick it up next year when he comes back, uh. and they junked them, and I so. The Lost Stories, bit, yeah. you see, it yeah, it,
1: it's probably turned up in a, in a big finish file somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. You see, the thing about The Avengers, for me, it's a slightly different route to it, mm. is I um, I was about 12 when the new Avengers came on uh, ITV, uh, sort of uh, late 76. And the interesting thing about that, from my point of view, is that the TV Times, did they printed a, an Avengers special if you see what I mean, which talked about the old series. But I think I already knew to a certain extent from other things I'd read that the Avengers had this long and illustrious or certainly highly respected uh, history in the 60s. But So I very much enjoyed the new Avengers for those two years it was on. But obviously interest in the backstory because because obviously you read a lot you read these articles and you just you start to sort of find out about these things but at that time it was almost impossible to see so it had that kind of legendary thing the thing that fascinates me still is that the new avengers comes along and it's only seven years since the original avengers finished and yet now that's getting on for 50 years ago which still boggles the mind
0: there's also that weird thing that i think Patrick Mcnee and Linda Thorson were doing adverts in France. Yes, like quite quite close up, like not that long, you know, a year or two. Mm. You know, they were still kind of an item in that because I guess their episodes were still being shown over there, and they're still considered uh, a contemporary pairing. That that, um,
1: yes, I think that's part of the reason the New Avengers got commissioned at all, isn't it? That that, uh, it was popular in France, which of course explains quite a lot of where the. Where the budget came and went from, as it were. But uh, The Avengers itself started in 1960, 61? 61, Mm. I think it was. And it was a very different show, wasn't it? Now, I I know you are a huge fan of the the Linda Thorson, the final era of the 60s. And
0: the the Diana Rigg ones. I like the film episodes. I get the film
1: episodes, I suppose. Yeah, the ones that are on film. But it started off as a mostly live, videotaped, studio-bound series that was a a sort of sequel to another series which was called Police Police Surgeon Surgeon, which uh, which had the same actor in it, which is Ian Hendry Mm. and basically for various reasons Police Surgeon didn't happen but Ian Hendry was kept on board and we get that one very gritty series of two you know I mean his his wife or his wife-to-be gets killed in Mm. the first episode and the whole purpose of it of they are there to avenge against yeah. the avengers mm. and the stories about sort of seedy backstreet crimes in london at first and then it sort of it starts to expand its horizons a bit now i don't know about you i mean a lot of that first year is lost isn't yeah it? there's only about yeah. f- three or four episodes actually survived from mm. that year and a couple were only found a couple of years yeah. ago but um They've been adapted by uh, Big Finish, weirdly enough, and uh, so what's left of whatever fragments of mm. those episodes, some that don't even have scripts that survive, have been adapted as audio yeah. dramas, which I actually think work quite well, but have you heard any of those at all? I've not
0: heard them, but I know... I, th- I think for some of the reconstructions on the DVD or Blu-ray sets, mm. one of my good friends, Nick Goodman, was involved in and actually performs. Mm one of the reconstructions because he's okay. friends of the person who was doing the reconstruction. So I've still, that not, heard that. Enough. I've still not heard that one because it's a bit vague as to... Um, Nick can't remember which volume because I don't think... Ironically, he's not a big... He's more of a new Avengers fan than an Avengers fan, so mm. I don't think he owns it. So he wasn't able mm. to tell me which, which disc it was on, so I've not actually heard it yet. Yeah. But, uh,
1: well, they were quite difficult to get hold of for a very long time. I mean, uh, is it Studio Canal who mm. seemed to own the rights to the Avengers? I mean, I went through a very frustrating phase of trying to get most of what survives of the second year yeah. in various formats <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, when they were still on VHS because yeah. they did these uh, collections oh, which would right. have a couple from the first year oh, and a yeah, couple I from the those. second year oh, and cool. to actually try and acquire the whole of that first season you had to end up buying like I mean, it's very good marketing when you think about it but you had to end up buying about half a dozen different sets to, to build that up and then they got released in America. So I've got some Region 1 versions of those as well, which I bought later on. But the ones that were getting released here, they were doing like three... There were six yeah. episodes, weren't they, in, yeah. in, a, in a box. Yeah. And then a, then a box would make up a year. And they were around for a while. And then they suddenly all went out of print, didn't they? And then suddenly you couldn't get the Avengers. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, actually, I'm, I'm going to talk about on another week, which we will get round to, is the difficulty of getting to see certain television, if you want to actually watch certain television these days, it's all very well having 16 streaming services or whatever, but not everything is available on all these, or any of these channels. If you want to actually watch these old programmes, sometimes the only way to do it is to actually still have the physical media. I think
0: the only point that I... Because I think we... you we, we and I had a long conversation, which so we don't need to pour the listeners mm. with um, <laughs> about, about how many versions what I do of, every week, of, mate. of Avengers <laughs> that I own in different forms or have done over the mm. years, and, and multiple copies that I still have. Yes. Um, but the point where it came that I owned a complete set of what exists in one mm. place was when, after Patrick McMee died, I kind of felt a need to buy something Avengers, even though I owned everything, or, or pretty much everything mm. that was, I, was available. But there was a nice sort of big, hard, chunky, like, black folder with sort of a format to have it in. Oh, briefcase. Yeah, briefcase thing. type yeah. thing, mm. Um, mm. Uh, which had everything. So I do, that was the first point where I owned like the earlier seasons, the Hollow Blackman episodes that I, I mm. hadn't previously owned comprehensively. Yes. But uh, I, 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 cause I've kind of gone beyond that now because I have Blu-ray copies, but I still have that because that DVD version, that DVD mm. suitcase thing is the only format that I own those earlier episodes. In. Yes. Yes. Okay, fair nothing
1: wrong with them. I that. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, the accessibility of any or all of uh, of any television program can be can be quite uh, difficult. But it has become one of those shows. I mean, I now it does turn up quite regularly now on is it ITV three or ITV four in the afternoons, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So you can sometimes. And sometimes a few of those episodes are available on on the hub, as it were.
0: But I feel sometimes they might edit. I'm sure I saw. Yes. They, they anything where like someone ends up with a bit of blood on their head or something. They, I know they did that with some of the Bergeracs when they repeated them in the, like in the afternoon. You'd have jumps. Well, that's where, daytime telly for you, yeah, was not it? I mean, that's, um, you know. It, it, I don't know. A bump on the head doesn't seem. Because I
1: know. I mean, I know you're. Funnily enough, though, it reminds me of the Avengers. Uh, I know you're a bit of a fan of uh, Father Brown. Yes. Yeah. But Father Brown is definitely made for daytime. Yes. So yeah. it's not graphic in that sense. No. You know, the, there are horrific murders, but you don't. Yeah. You know, they're not shown that way. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether the Avengers kind of. A lot of what might be considered the unpleasantness or the graphic nature of anything like that—it was made in the '60s. It was—it was never—it was—it never, was—it was, it was never that strong, was it? It was always no. quite tame in those terms yeah. to a certain extent.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah, it's usually like someone's got a bang on the head and there's a little bit of blood mm. that, that, that they that they would edit it today. So it probably doesn't mm. suffer too much, but I'm sure there's the odd one, no. odd one or two episodes that might go little edit for
1: so given the fact that we can now see at least some of the opening series uh, Ian Hendry for various reasons after that first run which lasts pretty much a full year mm. he he kind of decides not to do any more mm. and he is well he's replaced isn't he uh, basically Patrick Mcnee in that first year although he do, the elegance of, of the Steve character starts mm. to display itself he does start wearing because uh, it's all it's all very shabby men in in, in right. shabby uh, raincoats really right at the beginning mm. but he does start to wear sort of slightly more you know the hats and the canes and stuff mm. in in later episodes yeah. but it's really when he becomes well considered the, at least the co lead mm. in the second year that things start to change don't they
0: and if i remember rightly in the in the certainly in the second season don't they have like a rolling Cut, you know, Hannah Blackburn yeah, is there, we, but she's not in every episode. So I it's interesting
1: because I I kind of feel that in terms of transmission dates, she's pretty much there from the beginning. But there are three uh, with an actor called uh, Martin Rollison yeah. who plays Dr. Martin, King. Martin King. Martin King, yes. Well, you know, I, I can never remember <laughs> yeah. that first. No, name. About and he, no, John Rollison. Oh, like John Rollison as Martin King, not, yeah. Oh, that's right. And he, uh, I mean, I, that has the air of those three scripts were just leftover scripts from the previous year, really. Mm. They just needed a Doctor character and he's available. And then we get a few with Venus Smith, Smith isn't it? Yeah. Venus Smith, which is Julie Stevens. She's a who, right? who does six of them, I think.
0: Yeah, she's like a, a club, a, a nightclub singer. Well, I'm totally imagining. Yeah,
1: there's a really weird thing. Well, she, no, she is uh, at least in the opening. Episode, it's it's interesting that she she they sort of age her backwards a uh. bit. She she in the first series she's sort of made up to look in that way that people in the late fifties and sixties everybody looks a lot older than mm. they are because of fashion and hair and all this kind of thing. But it's interesting that very quickly she gets a much more natty. Uh, you know, modern haircut mm. and a very a more modern dress sense, if you like. Mm. And for the six episodes she does, she's very much, you know, she is the kind of prototype of almost, to a certain extent, the Tara character later, weirdly. Mm. But she she only does the six. But the one thing that gets me about her episodes is they they seem to be the ones that, because of the nature of her character, they always seem to have a musical interlude. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you remember... Kind of the films of that period, where you would have, you know, even action adventures, they would suddenly all stop for a song, <laughs> and it does seem that that is part of the model for those episodes of the of the Avengers.
0: Does it? Set, I can't remember. Does it settle down with completely being completely Cathy Gale in the third season?
1: Yeah, basically the remaining. I think there are again another. It's another full season of twenty. They all survive. But basically, very quickly, I think they were alternating between and and obviously the the ones with Doctor King sort of uh, rolled in. But very quickly, it becomes obvious that Honor Blackman is the governor, as it were. So um, Kathy Gale, Kathy Gale, a woman of independent means, who has, shall we say, a, a lot of skills that at that time would have been seen as rather well. They would have they would have painted them as being rather masculine skills. Mm-hmm. But she wore. A lot of leather, which made a lot of people very happy, <laughs> oh, yeah. and was basically who did the fighting. Patrick McNee would take a step back from the fighting, and actually, so all all the uh, physical stuff, all the actual proper fighting and what have you, was done by Honor Blackman. And Honor Blackman, very much, a very very strong-willed, independent person to a certain extent. Yeah, are you? A, are you? A, have you seen any of the Honor Blackman? Yeah, I think. I mean, she famously knocked out was it Jackie Palo oh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, as they went into a commercial break one time. Uh, and she did, knocked him unconscious. So, I mean, there must have been still filming live, or at least as live in those days.
0: Didn't uh, Channel 4 repeat those, but more like in the early-ish 90s. Mm. And I, I feel like I was at university, and it was during my period where I had pretty bad mm. reception, so... If I set the video, if I wasn't in, I mm. I'd sometimes come home and find just a of static on the screen. Yeah. So I, didn't I think they were
1: very late at night, actually. I think they were the sort of thing where they uh, thought people would roll home from the pub and watch it, yeah, but they yeah. wouldn't necessarily watch it in prime time. Yeah. That's the problem to a certain extent with old telly, especially old videotape telly, is that people have this idea that people won't find it compelling. I think a couple did turn up on TV Heaven as well at some point or maybe I'm wrong about that but I, I do seem to remember they a few got shown in various places but yeah I don't think they did particularly well on Channel 4 and I think they may have quietly you know stopped them of course the, the, the other
0: thing that's different about well certainly season 2 and 3 and, and you're probably better put me straight with it also season 1 but the, um, the theme tune is completely different from yes. the, what is known as what is considered to be the, the sort of iconic Avengers theme tune yes yeah. um, and, uh... It's
1: a it's a very different show. I mean, it, it's one of those weird shows sometimes where you think that if you actually watch the last series and you watch the first series, there's almost no common ground. There's, there's always, they've got nothing in common at all. They look like completely different shows, and yet there is this this kind of arc that takes you from one to the other through. You know, th- and it's almost like you're watching television grow up in the '60s. If you watch the Avengers from start to finish, mm. the two, well, one and a half seasons that Anna Blackman did, the, the they were all still shot on videotape. So again, with you know studios and multiple cameras and all this kind of thing. But again, very, very gritty mm. storylines. You know, very hard hitting storylines. I suppose the fantasy elements were starting to creep in, but a lot of it in those days was more about I suppose, more about fashion, because th- this is, uh, what, 1962, 63, 64. This is almost the heart of that. I mean, later on, we'd have called it Cool Britannia. But uh, that idea of Britain as the centre of the world that people seem to think is still the case uh, was very it was you know internationally very interesting. But Britain was a very confident place. And and to be fair, the Avengers was at the forefront of that kind of fashion and Interest, ITV, of course. So you know, Yeah. <laughs> very commercial. Did
0: they even remake some of the Holler Blackman they episodes did. in in the film era? I I know for a fact there's at least almost two versions of that one with Emma Peel when she's in the house by herself. Yes, and, 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 but I wasn't even sure if there's one that's very similar with Honor Blackman in a house by herself. I, but I might be measuring there,
1: that. Yes, there is, and I think that's was it the Joker? I can't mm. remember in the house that Jack built. I think yeah. it may have been. Uh, they may have been the same. It's also the um, the one about the was it the death of a great dane which oh, gets yes, reused, well, which well. which is um, uh, the, the two storyline. I mean, they're not if you watch them back to back. They don't. Isn't, they're not like exactly the same, but they do give you the same general. It's interesting actually to watch them back to back. If you see what I'm saying, yeah. it, it actually it's interesting to because that shows you how how the show changes. Because with the best will in the world, the videotape episodes can be quite, This can seem quite slow now, they are, and, and and obviously there are fluffs, I mean isn't the one where there's a fly crawling around on the camera oh, where it wow. was <laughs> when uh, I think it's the jungle one, but mm. uh, there's uh, not because I don't think it was on the camera in the studio, but because it was on the th- the thing they would, you know, when they'd film uh, yeah. the episode for to save it kind of thing, mm. back in those days but yeah, that's, uh, I mean again, the fact that as much of it survived from that era is a bit of a miracle in itself. But then, um, yes, anyway, Honor Blackman goes off to be in the James Bond film Goldfinger. Yeah. And we get a change in the series. We get a, The programme is now very popular and has the budgets and everything like that to be made on film. We get a season shot in 1965 on... Black and white film, which is sold to America and does very well in America. So, you know, it's actually, isn't it still one of the only networked British mm. series? Of course, that... we nearly didn't get
0: a rig We we had, we had somebody That's else um, for the first, well, we didn't, it was never shown. But I always wonder if, if, if I, I've never, I'm, I'm not a big enough fan to know, but whether any of the footage exists of the lady who was going to be um, oh. Emma Peel.
1: Yes, she, Elizabeth Shepard. Yes. Uh, Elizabeth Shepard who physically very much resembled Anna Blackman mm. which is one of the reasons that they changed their minds mm. but uh, I think she can still be seen in some of the long Short shots shot. of a co- you know the location footage of a couple of the early diana Rick episodes but but uh, whether or not that is the case but I, I think Yes. I think there are mentions that yeah. she, she might well be. You know. But anyway, she was summarily got rid of. Mm-hmm. And we got Diana Rigg. Dame Diana Rigg. The late, great Dame Diana Rigg as Mrs. Emma Peel, allegedly short for Man Appeal. Mm-hmm. But yes. I don't know. That's my favourite series, actually. This is the thing that I find. That I really, really like that black and white series. It's kind of, for me, it's before it gets too fantastic. And it's actually it's interesting. I, maybe I'll just like black and white. Stuff.
0: I don't I'm, know slightly, I'm slightly torn because the black and white. I mean, not, when I first saw it, I don't think that was even a consideration. But mm. but uh, now now today, uh, the black and white would take it a, a point down for me. Right. But uh, I would prefer I I prefer if that season was in colour, and then that would be perfect because I prefer the stories in the that season. I think ah. uh, I I do get a bit annoyed by the colour. A big season because it becomes so formulaic, and you yes. do know by this point in the advert break that this will and, and it's mm. it, a lot of them begin this you know, they're just the same story almost the same story every week with a different baddie. Um, yes. and, and, and whereas that's not the case in the, that black and white season.
1: There are some great ones in that black and white season. I mean, you've got the things you've got the man eater of Surrey yes. Green, of course, yeah. which is the it, it's basically um, it's the crinoids, isn't yes. it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They do it very simply. You
0: know, they do a lot, of the a lot of the thing where, where it's supposed to be growing. It's all under, and it's probably somebody underneath with a with some sort of uh, yeah, air pump thing yeah. that make. You, you do see, you do see a bit more of it towards the end, but early on they, yeah. they do keep the cost down. Still, it's still quite effective.
1: And I do quite like the. Um, I think it's the one in the shop, the store. You know, the yeah, death I like, of bargain prices. I like,
0: a, I like the first one, the town, ta- uh, the town one where. where
1: Oh, there's Town of no return, yes, and No Return. Town
0: No Return. Also The Hour That Never Was.
1: Yes. Um, well they are sort of very similar if you watch them back to back, but yeah. aren't really. Yeah. Eh? Yes. yes. They've yeah. both got a very nice Again, it's, it's that if you like things like Village of the Damned and mm. they've got that kind of edgy I mean, that's the the stark black and whiteness of it for me. That's what makes them they feel like short feature films from that era. Yeah. And they've and they've got a, a lot going on. But there's there's some lovely stuff in there. And of course by this time the the relationship between the two leads it there's an instant rapport i mean mm-hmm. people I think people generally are a bit rude about Patrick mcnee sometimes. I think they are they you know they they say he's a bit one note and everything like that, but actually to do that for the eight years he did it and to retain that twinkle and re- there's something about the way he plays steed. Which is very special. I think it's got a very difficult to mimic. I mean, you only have to look at the Ray Fiennes version to know how Um, it can it can be. You know, it's not easy to do. Yeah, I mean, I I, I say much the same about Roger Moore. Roger Moore, people can be quite dismissive of his acting, but actually, to do that and be that charming, that have that charm and that. Sort of slightly naughty twinkle yeah. is actually very difficult to do.
0: They tried to do shows in the nineties that were trying to be and tried mm. to have that, and, and they completely fell flat because because they the dynamic just wasn't there between the leads. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's not as easy to do as you think it is, or you would think it would be.
1: And of course, Diana Rig is sort of like effortlessly wonderful. Of course, yeah. in that way, you know, in in a way that it's again. You couldn't bottle it, could you? You know what I mean? It's, it, it's a very measured and very controlled performance, but it's absolutely spot on for what it needs to be. There's just the right amount of interaction between them that makes you sort of, you know, they're not, too close but they're not too distant if you see what I mean. It's a, it's a very subtle line they walk but they do it effortlessly well and it's like you've got these two well, almost like best friends if you're like investigating crimes and putting the world to rights
0: I, I do wonder if the reason I am more a fan of the following era is that it is almost not maybe again I wouldn't have felt so at the time but as you, as you get older and you see other you read other articles and, and you get the feeling with Diana Rigg, it was just a job, and she was quite keen to move on to the next thing. Uh, whereas, mm. whereas some of the other actresses were a bit more uh, sort of champions of the show long after they were mm. in it. And I'm, I'm, whereas I'm not so sure that Diana Rigg was quite no, as enamoured by it, as, as didn't we all see are. it
1: as a high point. Yeah, no, maybe um, not, maybe not. But uh, but you know, it was always re- relatively loyal, at least to her co-star. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. uh, it is interesting because that second year, like you say, I mean, that's the one that. These days, the uh, series five, the the second, you know, the colour dynamic episodes, are in some ways the most accessible. Those in the Tara King ones are the ones that seem to get shown more on daytime channels. They're certainly, the ones I can see nowadays. So they do tend to come round again. I always find them. You Know if one's on, I always think, Oh, it's the Avengers again. Then I find I get drawn into it every single time. It's got a, it, has got a, a kind of attractive uh, magnetism I to like, it.
0: I particularly love, I, I like the ones that don't fit the formula quite so well in that hmm. color season. Like, is it Who's Who? The one when they swap. I love, I, oh, I love yes, that they get Freddy to play, Freddie Jones, isn't it? Yeah, I love yes. that they get to play like that. That, that uh, Dynamite gets to play a sort of a different version because she's because she's being her body's being inhabited by um and and same with and and is get and the same with patrick Mcnee get hit to play slightly different um because he's not Mm. he's not steed
1: um well they have they have started uh in that that year to send themselves up a little bit haven't they i mean there's there's parodies of shows like uh, the man from uncle and mission impossible and batman Batman. you know in was it the girl from auntie they do Mm. don't they and uh Mission highly improbable, which you mentioned yes, earlier, yeah. and of course, and there's that Winged Avenger one where they all, where they're all swinging the the co- the comic book signs with wham yeah, and bash and yeah. splat and all that yeah. kind of thing on it. So, so you can tell that they are sending themselves up something chronic at times. But uh, there's also that there's that weirdness, and I think when you say specifically about the formula, you start to get these, shall we say, acronyms, a bit like. Spectre, don't you? You get these organizations that have got. You know, what's the one for the cats? Uh, the, uh,
0: yeah, okay.
1: the, oh, the film Here we go. The Philanthropic Union for the Rescue, Relief, and Recuperation of Cats, also known as PUR, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. which, of course, I'm sure you'll be a fan of. I know you're. You're. You're a fan of your cats. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. I mean, the thing is they're not meant for... like People like us probably sit down and, and we think, oh, we'd quite like to watch two, two or three in a row, and that's yeah. not how it was made. So no. if you're watching every week, then perhaps you don't notice the formula or care so much, mm-hmm. whereas if you're watching three one afternoon, mm-hmm. by the third one, you're kind of like, mm, yeah, okay.
1: That again, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I suppose the interesting thing about that is, it's, it's, despite being a, well, ostensibly a, an espionage stroke police sort of drama... Really, I mean, <laughs> this isn't line of duty, is it? I mean, there's, it's not, <laughs> yeah. this, these these organisations, they're all highly eccentric, highly mm. heightened reality to a certain extent. I think it's what they call Avengers land, isn't it? I mean, yeah. they, you don't see many passers-by, mm. you know. There's, there's, to a certain extent, there's not much in the way of, Diversity, which is is a criticism that can be levelled at the show, yeah. and it's a very middle class world, isn't it? I mean, the, all the gentlemen always that they meet in various things. I mean, isn't the one with the chimney sweep who's a who's also a lord or something? Yeah, and he, and, the and, way, and they're all there in the the sort of morning suits and everything like that. There's a lot of morning suits and bow ties to be seen the, in, in the, the event.
0: The funny thing is, it's slightly going off track, but it is well, the real world in in around that time. I recently saw the. The Beatles get back documentary, and um, yes. it's really interesting to see in the studio. The Beatles are all wearing their cool stuff, but all yeah. of the staff that are running around in the background are wearing suits and ties, and, yes. and and they look quite out of place amongst the artists. That's what you
1: wear to work, yeah. and, and it, um, it doesn't look very hippie. Well, that again, the, I mean, the things like the the, the counterculture. Yeah. While I mean, you you forget sometimes that. Uh, a show like the avengers is mainstream drama it's mainstream television you you it, it could push the envelope in the eccentricity of certain things mm. but basically the ordinary people you see had to look like ordinary people that you would yeah. meet because mm. people are very uh, resistant to yeah. mm. <laughs> to things that challenge them too much what fascinates me actually getting back to the new avengers is that when it comes back in the mid-70s, they're sort of in the era of the Sweeney and the people who made The Avengers go on to make The Professionals, Mm. which is kind of like, it's the sort of stable mate of this Sweeney, isn't it? It's lots of car chases and lots of shooting. Mm. But putting Patrick Mcnee's eccentric figure of steed into more realistic solutions is sometimes, it sometimes works very well, and other times it feels really quite off-kilter, doesn't it? Mm.
0: But I watched... I, I watched some episodes of The Professionals at the weekend and um, it doesn't really interest me. I'd much rather there be more New Avengers. There's, some, a there's still fantasy. a twinkle, still yeah. a twinkle in, in The New Avengers that there isn't in The Professionals.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yes. I, I'm just saying that, yeah. that yeah. somehow they, when they bring it back in the 70s, they yes. sort of lose the, the kind of surreal yeah. aspect of it. I mean, a point. Obviously, they yeah. th- they do a sequel with the Cybernauts and, yeah. and they do have storylines that go in similar ways, but they are... They are very much more grounded. And, and again, it's that mid 70s gritty urban. It's, it's, I don't know. When, I mean, but but you still get Gambit in his suit doing yeah, all the fighting yeah. that other people were doing t shirts. So I don't
0: yeah, know. Yeah. And I almost wonder when, when Diana Rigg leaves and Tara King comes, there was definitely mm. a, there was a quite a shake up and they weren't sure and all sorts of things were going on. Um, yeah. But some of the original, some of the stories that they started to do for that season were, were a bit more serious, almost like. The New Avengers of course, yes. time, but they then decided that wasn't a very good idea at, at that time. And I don't well, I think I think
1: we'll we'll, we'll concentrate now on the, on the Tara King years because I know that is that's the era that you most enjoy, isn't it? Well, there's that
0: crossover episode which I never re- hmm. realised. the forget me not? Yeah, yeah, which which still feels very much like an MPPN episode because she's, but it was made. Sort of after she'd left and she she came back. She was brought back to yeah. do this, which
1: this sort just, of handover it, episode,
0: wasn't which, she? Which, really? which is weird, really, because you think otherwise. If they, if they hadn't decided to do that, she would have just have been gone. We wouldn't have known what what.
1: No, which uh, is what happened with uh, Anna Blackman, oh, on really, Blackman, 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 wasn't yeah. it? Previously, yes. Yeah. So it wasn't like it actually mattered. But I think I suppose. When you're sort of selling to the American networks, as they were by this stage, I mean, they, they, they were they were able to make color film episodes simply because yeah. the Americans loved the show. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, there was a market for it, and it could be sold abroad. And so, I suppose to a certain extent, they needed a narrative link, didn't yeah. they? Because if it just next week, it's got somebody different. I know. Again, it's weird that even shows like Law and Order, you know, they the cast can change all the time but they do like to do the transition episode just so you know that they've gone and this is a new person. They like that narrative logic, which is kind of weird because a lot of what happens on the Avengers eschews, to a certain extent, yeah. the idea of narrative logic. There's a lot of illogical stuff in, in the, the Avengers, and yet they needed to have that transition. Because
0: uh, from... Tara's just one of the, the trainees at the uh, the ministry or, whatever, or the department or whatever that... Uh, mm. um because this is where you get introduced to Mother.
1: um, Yes, uh, and suddenly Steed and his partner working as sort of independent Avengers, they suddenly have this ministry, they suddenly have this agency that they're working for, and suddenly the the world gets bigger, but it also gets a bit less interesting. I mean, it's, it's interesting, but somehow it makes them more... Part of the establishment, if you except
0: that the episode. people in the department are quite like mother being a man in, yes. in a wheelchair, and then there's in one episode there's father who is a blind woman, and and, yes. and, and so, so they're still being quirky or different. It's not just some, not like a James Bond where it's just some bloke no. in a suit in, in an office, or, um, which is all very well for James Bond, but Avengers mm-hmm. needs a bit more, slightly more surrealism um, in my in my, uh,
1: but also. <laughs> Steed is a bit of a big wig, isn't he? In, in this, he's he's obviously a respected yeah. elder statesman now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a weird thing about that series because he has these sideburns that make him look about 10 years older. <laughs> yeah. But that's the fashion of the time, I suppose, yeah. really. It's yeah. he's suddenly got a bit. I mean, at least he doesn't grow his hair. You know, long hair <laughs> coming out of the, the bowler hat. That would have been. That would have been very strange. I mean, uh, there there is some performances he does in the 70s where he has got longer hair. And it it feels it feels wrong. You always feel that he <laughs> needs to be dressed like a proper gentleman. And I suppose that is part of the problem for, for Patrick McNee, the person, is he has been typecast as that kind of... He has to be dapper. He has to be... Uh, I mean, when he does the James Bond film uh, later on in his career, you know, the one with... Future uh, Kill. Uh, Future Kill, yes. It's actually, he's, he's basically Steed, isn't he? Yeah, Let's so, be honest, you know, in that, particularly. Possibly why it's my favourite James Bond film, but um, <laughs> although he get, although he
0: doesn't, he ends up being shoved in the back of a car. And yeah, yes, he doesn't make it, he it, has, does he? But, um,
1: but again, of course, there's a, I mean, they had a long history, didn't it? Him and Roger Moore were actually quite close friends, weren't they? And they'd, they'd known each other filming, you know, from the filming days yes. in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a long and a very, very good friendship that they had. Is the Tara King episode one where all they've got the agents named after flowers? Is that, or is that a Diana Rigg uh, I,
0: Yeah, I'm, I know that that is an episode, but I can't. I no I didn't point out i just
1: i i I was just thinking again uh, whether that was the root whether <laughs> say roots haha, <laughs> hilarious the uh where that sort of idea of the agency came from in in the you know whether it was seeded in that Diana rig episode or whether it actually was uh a, a the <laughs> one from the off um, so uh, yes, they do have a few misfires they had a new production team didn't yes, they and yeah. um, and they didn't seem to quite grasp how it worked. And, and so there's a few episodes that are, a, well, for want of a better word, a bit of a mess, really. And aren't they try they? and
0: reuse bits of them. And then there's, yeah. there's the one where um, Mother's telling his two aunties about this story and making up as he goes along. And they use footage mm. from the, one of the episodes, which I think some people think is an an awful episode. But I just, I remember it because it's, it, because it, how cheeky it is that it's, that's how they, um,
1: Is that Homicide
0: in Old Way? Yes, that's right, yeah. And and because Tara was going to have blonde hair, and she's running around in one or two of the episodes with Mm. blonde hair, um, which doesn't suit her at all.
1: She does have a wide range of wigs. yeah, uh, uh, A very wide range of looks across that year, really, which Mm. in many ways has actually helped the series not date, isn't it? Because the fashion Mm. is... Well, I mean, it's, it, it is of its time, but in many ways, it isn't. It's actually quite timeless because it's it was quite classy. I mean, there are some unfortunate choices, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, but I think it's, I think it's a great series on the whole that that year. I, I can think
0: of I don't know lots of. Episodes. I'll go if I can just go through some of my mm. favourites. There the, this one, um, take me to your leader, which is about a suitcase getting passed between. Oh yes. Uh, and I think that that's possibly the episode. That's a Terry
1: Nation special, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, but
0: I think uh, that's the episode that's got the scene with Penelope Keith and the little girl who's re- who's really and and she. That, I think um, and she's re- she really steals the, the you know somebody stealing the scene mm. from Penelope Keith. That that uh, <laughs> that's uh, little girl was very good in that. Um, mm. um, and uh, the, then there's some of the ones that I think people don't like. There's like one, like "Wish You Were Here," where they go to a. They go on, um, they're always going on holiday in that season, but I, th- right. but I think Tara... I can't remember if it's Tara in that one who goes on holiday, but they, they're... I they're think so- it's,
1: to, it's to do with the double banking, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they actually do have sort of other guest stars standing in for both of them yeah, because yeah. They, they're filming at the same time, basically. They've got this production schedule, yeah. and so there are some where Tara's pretty much on her own and there's some where... Steeds pretty much on his own. Uh, uh, one of my favourites is the Lighthouse one. Oh, yes,
0: yes. Um, they, they do it with mirrors, something
1: like that. They do it, yeah. all done with mirrors, done with that's, mirrors that's
0: right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then there's some, I like, like uh, thinking Majig which is like a, I think that's a Terrence Sticks one, where there's that strange mm. box, that's very Doctor Who. Um, <laughs>
1: and, uh, well, I mean, you have got a lot of the same yes. uh, writers, sort of, uh, I mean, yeah. uh, didn't Malcolm Hook and Terrence Sticks and Terry Nation, of course, all. All had sort of Doctor Who credits as well over the years, so so there's a, there's a lot of cross pollinations, also a lot of cross pollination of the actors as well. That- so I think that's why a lot of Doctor Who fans can mm. also be Avengers fans. You know, one, it's,
0: it's one, one particular Tara, one Pandora, where she wake, keeps waking up and she thinks mm. that she's, um, or, or she's been told that she is not Tara, and and that's quite creepy in places. And and there's one I I've reviewed for another podcast not so long ago. Where um to completely blank the episode of It's one of the last ones, but mm. where where they go. Well, Steed goes to visit an old friend, and and right. the family is being held hostage by some gunmen, and um, and it takes a while to sort of for Steed to realise that the other guests yes. at the party are are, are holding them because and then Tara turns up as well, uh, looking for Steed, and and it's a really. Quite a, a quite a relatively serious one, but it, mm. it's because um, it's a friend of his. It's a friend of Steed's from the war, and they always meet up in about February because that right. because they were celebrating. That's when they celebrate Christmas because when they were because when they were in a prisoner of war camp or something mm. like that, they they didn't quite know when Christmas was, so they um, they always meet at that same date. And, and,
1: right, yeah, um, that's a nice touch, isn't it? That's yeah. that's a nice sort of story idea. Yeah. I think there's an awful lot of stuff. Within that season you'll you'll see ideas that are, and like you say that have been avenger sized that actually get used as sometimes as something to hang an entire series on in later years or that you know other shows would actually have these <laughs> what was a, an Avengers plot becomes a six part serial later and it's, <laughs> again it's the same writers thinking oh we, we did this i mean i I think one of the doesn't Terran Sticks reuse something for robot when he wrote stopped? Who wasn't he? Yes. One of his one of his Avengers ideas sort of turns up for the SRS group mm. in the later. The, the,
0: the other the other thing I love, and I think it's particularly, I, I think it came in at the end of sort of even in the black and white um, appeals, mm. and they, they they do do it in the color ones, but I still think the best ones are in, in the Tower era. The the little city. Like end two or three minutes. Where oh yeah, the taxi. Taxi ends. Yeah, scenes, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, but I mean, sometimes it's it's some ridiculous thing, and, and sometimes it's like the champagne fountain or something. Where yeah, uh, like, <gasps> <it's> like wow, I want one of those.
1: There was a a run of them wasn't there, in the Diana Rig ones where they were going to is it the Bewley Transport Museum, so uh, they would yes, leave in right. various yeah, yeah. various old vehicles.
0: <laughs> I I also the the tower king season is is my pr- preferred version of the the best avengers theme um mm. you know the, the the one that everyone thinks is interesting the um i like i like the slightly more flourished um yes uh, version in
1: the tower king it's got scene. confidence hasn't it it's got a, it's yeah. got a proper pizzazz and i, and I, and I love the
0: title sequence um I uh, some of my friends and I tried. We, know. I don't know if we ever got around to finishing filming it, but we, we tried to. We were doing as a spoof of the Avengers, and right. I insisted we spoofed that version of the, where they're running through the field, th- running through fields and running along a wall. But I, with the shields and yeah. And all but, that but, but I kind of wanted to do it. We had to do a sort of funny, like running through the wall and then fall off, and then the, the mm. next scene you see they're kind of bandaged up, and because no. of it, it's just a silly version of that. But it was that type of sequence that was. Mm. Yeah, it, Every, every, everything, <laughs> everything a boy would
1: could want. Yeah, well, absolutely. There's an awful lot of stuff in the Avengers. Uh, I mean, there are uh, quite sort of recognised Avengers tropes, aren't there? There's a lot of graveyards. Mm. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of women in peril, but but and death threats and what have you and everything like that. And that Mrs. Peel when needed is is quite uh, significant. And of course, we shouldn't also forget. Uh, is it Rhonda? Rhonda Parker? Mm, yes. Uh, mothers. Uh, mothers' assistant. Mothers. Assistant, yes. So Who uh, never
0: speaks, except for in one episode where she does speak uh, as, as a bit of a joke, which, um, but I think she's got a fake deep voice or something, something ridiculous. But, mm. um, but I'm all, for, I'm all
1: for I'm all for so. Do you think it
0: holds up the Avengers? Are you does it? Do, do,
1: do you enjoy it? I mean, do you think you know, as a, a casual viewer, if you like, do you think that they would a casual viewer would find a lot to enjoy in the Avengers?
0: I would hope so because I, can't, I just can't think of any anything that.
1: What is it that drags you to it? Yeah.
0: What What is it? Um, if you're interested in that era, I I, well, I I was very into the '60s when I was first introduced because mm. I loved the. I was really into the Beatles around the same time I was, and mm. obviously I was into the, into Doctor Who. But yeah. Um, but there was, there was so much '60s TV being repeated in, in the '80s, so, mm. which is all new to me. Um, and and uh, you yeah, know... Yeah. In the same way as the Avengers goes from black and white to color, things like Boston yes. Space do the same thing, and and, and you know they're... yes,
1: Voice at the Bottom of the Sea is the yeah. same. We got our black and white series, and and Man from Uncle. Any show that was on in sixty five and got yeah. renewed suddenly mm-hmm. went from black and white to color. So yes, there is a there is a lot of that going on. But yeah. do you think it has a certain magic to it? Do you think there is there is a, there's a an indefinable magic, for want of a better word.
0: He has a, a, a magic, and also I think the reason I like the the, the um, Tara King season is that it's that little bit more camp than the Diana. I don't think right. Emma Peel is quite as camp. I think Tara King is definitely very camp. She's hitting people with mm. handbags, and she's mm. she's she. I, I I think I like the camp side, mm. which is why I like that the extra that 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 little little. Bit extra in, in, in that season. Mm. And I also really like 68, 69. I'm just, bit, I, don't, I like the fashions. I like the sort of, yeah. uh, I like a lot of uh, Dark Shadows. I like that sort of era mm. of Dark Shadows best as well. Um,
1: yeah. There's a definite, I mean, some people think that Tara's a step back, don't no, they, yeah. from the independent, self confident uh, previous yes, two. Yeah,
0: some, some idiots. No, well, ah. Yeah, well, yeah.
1: But, no, I, and <laughs> I know there was a, a specific thing because she was younger. So that the relationship kind of shifted, but part of one of the decisions they did make about her fighting style was that she would basically just clobber somebody yeah. with with stuff. Yeah,
0: I think I. I think so was, I
1: mean, that was that was I, a conscious decision, can, but it doesn't. You don't think it, it doesn't actually diminish the character in your eyes at not all? at all.
0: Not at all. Um, I
1: mean, she's living in this incredibly uh, eccentric flat, isn't she? Which I think is kind of wonderful. With this, yeah. was it the? Yeah, the pole, isn't um, it? The fireman's pole and all uh, this kind um, of thing.
0: Yeah, all those things on the wall. And,
1: and, uh, Is that a flat you'd like if you could have a flat like that? Only if, only if
0: Tara home? was... only if Tara could be my ah! roommate. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, as long as we could hang out. And,
1: and, you see, uh, that's the thing, you're the off-screen sidekick to Tara King, aren't you? Oh, when she's yeah. off having adventures, you're in the kitchen doing the washing up.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It? Oh,
1: that's it's just like she, she's got a Yeti in the other room. Yeah, exactly. that people don't know about. That's what it is. you see. yeah, <laughs>
0: she's she's wandering. <she's> <laughs> just a few
1: is <laughs> that, Yes, <laughs> I, I think I think uh, I think that's good. I mean, by any t- I mean, the Avengers seems to live on, doesn't it? I mean, I know there was a, uh, in I think early seventies there was a stage play with Simon Oates from Doomwatch. Yes. Uh-huh. as Steed which and Kato Mara was in it I think and that's uh, that's kind of uh, a kind of forgotten relic obviously Kate, uh, Kate, stage player. Kato
0: Mara's in, in another good episode with Tara that yes of course along that's with Roger Delgado from Doctor Who that, that's a good yes.
1: yes again for for star spotting the, the show is is great but uh, did you see the film at all
0: yeah. yeah and I watched it for the first time in a long while like last year and mm. uh, uh, i think i think i was more peaceful with it the second time around but not
1: not it's a film i, I try and like I, I, <laughs> I always want to like it and every single time somehow it fails to quite uh i i, I did much the same I, I think it must have been locked down but i was i was drawn to giving it another go last mm-hmm. year and you can see what they're trying to do but it's almost like they watched half a dozen episodes and thought, oh, there's some people dressed in teddy bears, and oh, this, and oh, that. And they didn't quite grasp what it was. I mean, there's interesting connections uh, with things like Get Smart, isn't there? There's interesting yeah. connections with other espionage series at the time. And I think somehow whoever was putting the Avengers movie together sort of got all a bit confused in their mind. <laughs> I know it got terribly Cut late in the day because they, they. they I think they realised very quickly they had a bit of a turkey on their hands, yeah. and it's it's quite a shame really. Because when you when you look at the quality of the cast, again, it's it seems on paper that it should work very well, and yet it kind of really doesn't. And it's interesting to, when you see uh, Ray Fiennes now in the Bond films, mm. specifically the ones he's been yeah. in. Yeah. Actually, when he does the action sequences, that he obviously insists I still want to have the odd action sequence, that's fine. Especially in uh, Skyfall, something like that, you actually see what Steed could have been to a certain extent, and I just think it's interesting that sometimes people get the Avengers wrong, and or maybe they 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 skew it in into a direction that into something it never really was. And I think ultimately the central relationship is such a key. And if you get that wrong, you've you've sort of the whole thing starts to fall apart. And I do think that you've got two actors, uh, whichever they were, you know, making making something that perhaps might see, have seemed quite ordinary into something that comes across as rather special. It is difficult to define the magic of what
0: they has been able to successfully bottle that formula.
1: No, they haven't, have they? You know, I mean, there are other shows that have had, like you say, that have had this sort of the, the same kind of team, but they've never really quite had the same kind of reach. You know, I mean, even uh, something like Moonlighting, to a certain extent, was kind of riffing on that kind of idea. Uh, what was the one, Virtual Murder, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that feels like it was the <laughs> an attempt to recreate the avengers formula do you think it's possibly it appeals though because it's almost the the doctor and joe or the doctor and sarah jane as well do you think that or do you not see I think that parallel? I,
0: I, I think maybe more with the mpl ones the, the Tara ones again it's, it's slightly i don't know what's going on there between the two of them mm-hmm. but uh, it's it, it doesn't seem quite as as chaste as it does between, well, because Emma Peel's married anyway, as we see at the yes. at the end. Although she thinks her husband's dead, but then of course yes. her husband turns up, and it's a man who looks just like John Steed, which, yes. um,
1: played by Patrick Mcnee. Yeah,
0: but is that is either
1: really really creepy,
0: <laughs> yeah. um, or, or a very nice touch? And then there's that there's the scene there's the scene going back to that episode where where Tara and and uh, Emma meet on the stairs, and she. Just says the direction that he likes his tea stirred.
1: At, uh, mm. um, uh, uh, I think that's actually a very, it's a very nice, subtle way to sort of sign off that era, really, mm. isn't it? In, fact, in many ways, like you say, that episode seems a bit atypical. But actually, that moment, that link between the the previous and the next series, it actually is one of the nicest pieces of writing that comes out of that era. It's it's just a beautifully light touch and I think to a certain extent it's the lightness of touch that makes the Avengers work uh, really
0: I don't know what it is I always seem to get dust in my eye oh, there's that scene <laughs> and then there's the John Steves thing back to back how are you uh, supposed to cope with watching that <laughs> uh,
1: so you're definitely still a fan then
0: yeah yeah and when it was very recently Patrick and okay. like the 100th anniversary I, yeah. um, I didn't realise it was and then I I a course of Avengers today, and actually, the ones, mm. the ones that I picked weren't Tarwicking episodes, they were. Right. I, I picked the positive, negative man, and which mm. I thought um, would be quite fun. And on the same disc was Mission Highly Improbable, so oh. which is kind of where it began for me. So,
1: well, there you go. So, you came full circle on that. Well, I think we're pretty much running out of time, but that's yep. a, probably a very good place to stop. Except, I'm going to ask you one last thing before we go if you had to actually pitch the Avengers to somebody who'd never seen it, you know, how would you persuade them that this is a show that they should watch? have never seen a show like The Avengers. <laughs> ah, and that's it. You, just, yeah, you there, There's nothing else like it. Give it a go. Yeah. Fabulous. Thank <laughs> you very much for your time today, Paul. That's been lovely. We will doubtless be back to talk about something else fairly soon. You take care. Yeah, you take care. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Many thanks as ever to Paul Chandler, the shy yeti, for taking some time out of his busy schedule creating the Shy Life podcast to go into bat for Tara King today. The Avengers is such a great show and has so many fans that I'm almost certain that we'll be returning to it at some point in the future. Anyway, that's it for another Vision on Sound. My thanks as every week to everyone at Fab Radio International for all that they do to make the show possible. And of course, to all of you lovely people for listening. Stay well, everybody. And I hope we'll all be back to enjoy another show next week. As ever, I have been Martin. This has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye for now, and take care.